You're listening to Being Built, where innovators and tech leaders share stories about how building product builds them along the way. I'm your host, Aaron Davis. You're listening to Being Built, where we speak with innovators and tech leaders about how building product and solutions builds you along the way. I'm Aaron Davis, your host. I'm here with Amanda Ekman. Hey, Amanda. Hello, how are you? I'm great. I'm really glad you drove up here to record this whole thing. Yes, thank you for having me. So, what are you building? <laughs> what are we building? I'm not much for small talk, you know. Like, what <laughs> Just are you building? Right to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, we have quite a few things on the horizon. Um, right now, so let me kind of backtrack a bit. Yeah, I work like, for Gravity Diagnostics. Okay, cool. Um, so, Gravity Diagnostics is a diagnostic laboratory, and about eight months ago, they opted to spin off a branch called Gravity Plus, and okay. it's focused on ecom. So, we're moving into home test kits. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. So first two kits, we have our I COVID. thought I had smart questions, but you're just coming but no. around again answering them. <laughs> I got you. Uh, so COVID, we had a kit. Obviously, the biggest thing for diagnostics was COVID over yeah. the course of the last couple of years. That's right. And um, that really kind of skyrocketed gravity. Right. Um, and so because of that, unfortunately or fortunately, it allowed us to do some really cool things in the tech space. Okay. Um, so we spun off Gravity Plus. I was asked to come over and lead part of the technology and digital transformation is my official title. It's, okay. I'm leading digital transformation. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of loaded sometimes when you say those words. It can mean it's, so many things. It can. Right. Uh, and really what you it means You help me with is, the digital transformation when we have that's right. <laughs> exactly. analytics problems, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I think ultimately it just means my job is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's I right. boil it down to. It's tech stuff. Exactly. Uh, so our, I was tasked with building out an e-commerce site and then patient portal to complement it. Okay. Uh, and it was really up to my design, right? There nice. was nothing. Kind of greenfield stuff, yes, right? Yes, very much so. So does that mean your tech stack, your team, Everything. your design, the whole thing? Or yes. Or did you have any limitations there? Constraints. Budget, Budget was Budget. my, yeah, my okay. only constraint. Sure. Yes. Sure. Uh, and I got really lucky. So the partner that we chose to go with, uh-huh. um, Cumulus, is the it was the partner. I've heard the name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal developers, phenomenal infrastructure. Okay. So the way that our secure infrastructure is designed, it's FISMA moderate. So it's like one level below government security. Hmm. So really great, strong, and HIPAA compliant. Okay, nice. Uh, and so it was, they worked with me really well, had some really great teams. Um, and we were able to do a lot within the budget that I was given, which mm-hmm. doesn't really happen, I'm sure, as you know. Right. That's never really the experience. Um, Usually so, you're begging for the next dollar exactly. trying to justify it or whatever else. Exactly. So we got the infrastructure put into place, which had already been put into place on the diagnostic side. Okay. Um, so we've got the laboratory information system on the back end. Mm-hmm. And when you're dealing with that much PHI, so mm-hmm. frequently, you've got to make sure that it's secure, right? Yeah, security is a high priority. Absolutely. Sure. And so we implemented the same thing on our end. We did keep both businesses under one tenant, which I a lot of people find interesting for Microsoft. Okay, why? Tell us about that. So as while we were operating as two entities, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the architectural standards have to come back to one, right? Okay. You're building with one standard in mind. And to build two completely separate pieces just didn't make sense. And then potentially at some point bring it back and have one development team own it. Mm-hmm. It's very okay. cumbersome. Okay. So, so yeah. you assume that same small team in-house is going to pick this product up after it's built. You got it. So that's interesting because I've been part of that. I, I worked in the services space for a while, building software for customers. And one of the things we did well in that shop was integrating with the customer's team, not just the tech, but then, yeah. so you're, you're kind of like, you're paired with them. And then there's, there's really no handoff. 
Um, so is yeah. that a threat now? And how are you guys dealing with that? <laughs> so it's... Sorry, I said I was going to ask the hard questions. The hard right? questions, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's not a threat. I think it. we have built this team out and we have this contracted team as well. We've mm. all really become one unit. That's cool. But it's, you know, there are limitations to what they can do. And there's also areas that we want to push this internal team to take on more. Okay. They can do it. They may not have the expertise to do it. Mm -hmm. So having that contracted team that can benefit you as well mm -hmm. and essentially train them to be able mm -hmm. to take it on and do that knowledge transfer, that's invaluable, right? Yeah. It's such a huge piece to this process and keeping us moving forward. I think a lot of outsourcing misses that opportunity. They do. Uh, in integrating the teams, you don't just you know, get access and good feelings and whatever else, you, you have continuity. Right. right. So there should be no transition of ownership of this product. Right. right. It's not you and me, it's us. Let's, let's build as one team. Mm -hmm. I, and that was part of why it was so important for me to keep this under one tenant was we had those standards established and I wanted to make sure we didn't veer from them. Okay. Um, Cumulus did put the infrastructure in place for the other side as well. Mm -hmm. So we knew that it was going to be identical as we went through that process. Mm -hmm. um, but building out this new code base was going to be very different. Mm -hmm. And so with this whiteboard, I had, there were two of us internally mm -hmm. that took on this project uh, myself. And then I have a lead solution architect that I actually worked with in a previous life as a tech BA. Okay, nice. So she came with me to Gravity when I took the job with them originally. Okay, I was nice. fortunate enough to to snag her away, which... When you're good at what you do, people follow you. you it, know? It's true. Well, and it, when you're good at what you do, people will pull you along. Actually, it's, it's probably more like when you're good at getting along with people. Because I is. think sometimes I see people follow and I'm like, dang it, we got all three of you? <laughs> Again? <laughs> Yeah. It's true. The, the dynamic that she and I have works well together, cool. um, but she's brilliant. So okay. being able to have her on that team, I'm like, if there's going to be two of us that have to do this, mm -hmm. we're the two. We can yeah. tackle this. We can tackle any mountain. So you're eight months into that now? We're eight months into the project. Okay. So we launched the econ site. Okay. I think we encountered some challenges from a content perspective. Mm -hmm. So that's going to happen. Uh, our product roadmap was a bit delayed. And so mm -hmm. when you're looking at that, it's always going to you know, impact the content that you had originally put on mm -hmm. the site. Mm -hmm. We were planning to be you know, 10 plus products deep on mm -hmm. the site. And so the way that the e-com site was designed was less education, more come purchase, register, right? The very clean user navigation. Okay. And um, but it got more into the point of we have these two kits and they're solid kits, especially pharmacogenetics. Okay. Um, and we can get into what yeah, that I, exactly I, means. I'm yeah. writing questions now. I'm just not much of a doctor. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so though that kit is, it, it's so important to what it can mean for a person, but mm -hmm. so many people just don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So when we're trying to sell this kit, we needed the education on the site, especially mm -hmm. when it's, a standalone product with COVID. Okay. And so we had to make some decisions on, we have this phenomenal e-com site, but now we have to add some pieces to it. We need to be able to pivot a bit quicker. Mm -hmm. uh, the application, it's a native application in Azure. So okay. as you know, any type of content changes, they're not like this, right? right? So, it's not your you. typical mm -hmm. marketing turnaround. Mm -hmm. So we did put on the front of that a Duda site. Okay, I'm not familiar with it. So, so Duda is like Wix or WordPress, okay. right? So very simplistic. If you have you ever used Unbounce to test landing pages? No. Okay, so for me, it's always just been, we've used it for landing pages. Okay. They said, if we go with this approach where the front end that they enter in mm -hmm. are these landing pages with this information and this content, mm -hmm. then it allows us to pivot very quickly on the content piece okay, while maintaining nice. all the data nice. in the background. Okay. 
So we did that. And that's just one of those lessons learned. You're, lesson learned. You're kind of yes. into it and, and you realize, oh, shoot, we wish we would have thought of this. Exactly. Okay, cool. So we, we've got that in place right now. Still working through some challenges because obviously you're building in Azure. You're building mm -hmm. in Duda. Mm -hmm. They don't look the same. You've got to keep right. design consistent. And that's going to be a challenge across the board. Yeah. Uh, but from a perspective of what the, the e-com site was built on, I still, and that's my baby, so I'm probably, you know, just a little bit more proud of yeah. that than anything else. But the, the pieces that I'm truly proud of are the patient portal and mm. the admin portal that were built onto that. Can, can we take a little detour down that road then? So Absolutely. Like, tell me about the, tell me about your user and, and what is your, who is your user and what is the product? And we don't have to spend forever on that because I know you're supporting sure. other parts of your business, but I'm curious yes. what the, what's the impact to your customer uh, for, for the, the system and the product that you're building? Right. So the person that we're targeting right now is I am our target market. Okay, that helps. Right? I am that making... can be good and bad, I guess. You make exactly. too many assumptions. Exactly. Not validation, but yeah. yeah. So you're making too. a lot of decisions for the family, mm -hmm. right? You are not the head of the household, but you are the... We find that these women between the ages of 30 and 45 are making a lot of decisions for the family. Mm -hmm. uh, if they have a partner, that's a partner decision, but they're typically the ones that are going out and doing the research okay. or making the purchase online. Okay. So that is who we're targeting at this point. Okay. Our kids are 18 and up. So this is a consumer. This is not somebody who's in the healthcare insurance they system. They have no idea. Sort. Yes. This is just somebody who's consuming news and media and Correct. doing the Christmas shopping and the whole bit. Exactly. You've got a, you've got a profile. Yes, we've got our profile. Mm -hmm. That's who we're targeting. Okay. And, but they don't have the information that they need. So we know we need to provide that to mm -hmm. them. Okay. So that's where this content piece comes into it. And our whole goal is to get them, we're trying to change the the reactive nature of people to help okay. and change it to proactive, okay. right? So we will have other kits down the road if we're talking about, you know, like STI or A1C lipids. Mm -hmm. Things where you're reacting to something mm -hmm. or you you know that you have a family history of something and right. so you're reacting to that. Okay. Uh, typically, we go to the doctor because we don't feel well, mm -hmm. right? That's right. We're trying to change that to say, how do you understand who you are better from your genetic makeup so that you can proactively attack your health? The first piece of that is this pharmacogenetic test. Okay. So what it does is it analyzes, I believe we have 27 different genes. Mm -hmm. And it analyzes those against 106 medications. And it's telling you how you metabolize those medications. So which one's going to be best for you? Okay. And those fall into three buckets that we focus on. So that's mental health, cardiovascular disease, and then uh, pain management or medication management. Okay, interesting. So when we're focused on those things, it's, are you put on, it, let's go down the mental health road, because okay. I think that's something that's very important to a lot of people. Sure. Um, you get put on an anti-anxiety medication. Mm -hmm. It's not working. You feel like you're spinning out of control and you don't know what's going on. This is supposed to help. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out that medication, you can't metabolize it based on your your genetic makeup. Okay. And so... Where does that insight come from? So that is actually the, the swab. You're actually swabbing your cheek and you're yeah. sending it back to our lab. Okay. And we're looking at your genetic makeup from that swab and analyzing these 27 genes. Interesting. Okay. So that's what your kit is measuring. That is what the kit is measuring. What, what re are you familiar with the research and data behind that? I don't want to go too far down that so path if that's not your expertise. I would not, I was going to say, I would not do it justice okay. like our chief science officer would. Let's get that guy in here. I'll be out on him Yes. Too. You can totally, <laughs> JP will. Oh yeah. That'd be interesting. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> But he can take you through the entire science. We actually yeah. have a short piece of him speaking. I think it's on Instagram and TikTok right now okay. on our channels. 
and we'll, he actually, we'll link to it. <laughs> yes, and he gives a little spiel about what this is, but he actually talks about the enzymes in your liver and how you're actually processing these medications. Okay, interesting. And goes into it a bit of the science, but it's very, it's complicated, but so, so interesting. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll link to it because that question came to my mind, like in the listeners' minds. And so we'll yeah, absolutely. So part of what we were saying is now we know who this person is. We're mm -hmm. trying to drive them to the site to get them to be proactive about their health and proactive about the medications they're on. Then what's the next piece to that, right? Well, if you're going to deliver their results, what are you going to do? Email it to them? That mm -hmm. puts you at such risk mm -hmm. for a HIPAA violation. Right. So we need a portal that they can come into, but that portal has to be sophisticated enough that it presents the information to them that allows them to look at it understand it, and then gives them a me the mechanism to take it the step further and say, what the heck did I just read? <laughs> and I, I got to throw the and in there and easy enough that anybody can use it. Exactly. Since you're not targeting a sophisticated user or a technically, necessarily a technically savvy user, right? So Exactly. And so with so that in mind. similarly simple to email or social media. Right. So you're creating your account. When you register your kit, it mm -hmm. has you create an account with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, we use IDMe. I don't know if you're familiar with the technology, but it's multi-factor authentication. Sure. Um, and the reason we chose that one is because right now they've partnered with like, IRS and a lot of other organizations, uh, the VA. Okay. So a large number. So the of government's people, done some training for you already. They have, <laughs> but a large portion of the population actually has these accounts already. Okay. Yeah. And so it's something they're familiar so with and they, they trust it. So we put that into place. You create your account. We know it's you. Mm -hmm. This is you creating this, this is you coming back for your results. Mm -hmm. And if you give your information to someone else, I can't help you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, sure. you know, it's, it's the best that I can do to protect your, right. your health information. Yeah, that gives them every opportunity to secure it. Exactly. So then you go into your portal and your results will populate there. So they'll show in a chart and you can actually see you know, the results as how do you metabolize the medication? What does it look like? But then there's a downloadable PDF as well, mm -hmm. and you can download the PDF and it has additional information on it. Mm -hmm. So it's giving you that next step of what can you do? And really what we're trying to do is say, go have this conversation with your physician, but mm -hmm. have an informed conversation. Right. So you're kind of prompting things, right? We are. We're trying to encourage that, that push forward. And it's, you know, we consistently are saying it's your health, own it. Right. But how do you give someone the tools to own their health? Well, you've yeah. got to give them the technology to be able to have all of this at their fingertips to then go in and show the doctor, like, here it is. Here's what I've got. Now let's have this conversation about what we do. Just from my own experience, that's so hard, right? It is. Like having to go in to get health issues addressed and to like, how much research do I do to kind of balance between being obnoxious and distracting and, and, you know, sending this physician down a, wild goose chase or whatever of answers to, you know, versus, you know, I, I've, I've got a hunch about this particular thing because of something I've experienced right. and that resonated with me. So I looked into that and that resonated with me. And so that's always tricky. Uh, but I'm of the mind that here's how I assess the quality of the healthcare I'm getting. Like the longer the, the doctor is in the room with me, I feel like the better right. <laughs> the care I'm getting, right? That's yes. the most knowledgeable person who's going to uh, attend to my care. So right. the more informed I am, the more likely we're going to have an involved conversation. Exactly. It, and to that, there's not everyone can come in and sit in a doctor's office for 30 minutes, mm -hmm. right? So let's say you have 30 minutes in between meetings where well, you can't take that up with driving back and forth. And I think that's where the power of telehealth comes in. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the major components that we've built into what we're doing mm -hmm. is we give you the option to schedule a telehealth visit 
to then have that conversation and follow up and discuss your results with a genetic counselor before okay. you ever talk to oh, your physician. Are you guys involved in building uh, out that network of counselors? Is that part of your organization Not, or is it a partner? We have a partner at this okay. point in time. Yeah, nice. Yes. So it is a very complex process. The, the laws that are tied to telehealth right now are very interesting mm. and um, far above my head in some regards. Right, and changing on... fast too, from what I understand. I know a couple of people in that space who they came are. from from the big insurance company. Yes. We have friends in common. So they, yeah, it's, it's changing a lot. For some reason I'm connected, I guess it's because of where I came from. Yeah. I'm connected to a bunch of healthcare leaders, um, tech healthcare leaders or whatever, who are doing stuff in telehealth, a couple of them. And uh, yeah, lots of curveballs coming out of There is, we're anticipating some large changes come April. I think that's the power to some of the partners that we have in this space Mm -hmm. is they're trying to stay ahead of it. Mm-hmm. But on that side of telehealth, it's it's complicated. And, it's and that's 100% easier. their business. It's a small augment team. Absolutely. So, yeah. So tell me about your uh, your your team and this partner you're working with and sure. how you got there. And you told me about your uh, your architect. Yes. Um, so what's what's the rest of the right? The so there's so we have the two of us. Um, then we have Cumulus team that we're working with. So there is a group of developers. Uh, and they're broken into different pieces of this. So we have a team that's focused on the UI. Okay. And that was a, a heavy focus on what the e-com experience was going to look like, what our app's going to look like, the portal. And then we had a team that was solely focused on our API build. And as you can imagine, that API build was complex. Mm-hmm. So there were so many different pieces. And if you think about the partners that are part of this entire Process. Yeah, that's where my head wins. What are you integrating with, and where, where are all the what are all the dependencies that you're working through? Yeah, so it's you know, traditionally I was working with prior to this. I was working, you know, setting up VPN tunnels, more exchanging HL7 messages, and mm-hmm. getting those orders into the system. So now we flip it, and it's now we're going to switch to this API, which we'd already started to switch to an API model on the other side as well, because mm-hmm. you know it's 2022. So let's get away from VPN tunnels as right. much as possible. Uh, even though there's still value in that. Um, but then we moved to this API and we needed to make sure that as we were building, we were building agnostic, right? Mm-hmm. So partners change, partners can walk away from you. You can walk away from a partner mm-hmm. and building specific to what they have puts you in a position that could be detrimental to you yeah. down the road or it could put you in a really sticky situation when you're trying to pivot. Mm-hmm. So the team was great. You know, they looked through it, the first thing that we had to do was really define all of our data points. Hmm. It had not been done, right? We're a brand new business. We had not truly gone through that exercise. So we sat down and went through the buckets of data that we had, the individual data points. How are we going to group these? How are we going to store this data? Hmm. What's it going to look like? You know, we have a data lake where all this raw data is coming into. When we start to talk about that relational database, like what does what do these structures look like? Hmm. Uh, building out the schema, which was a super fun exercise mm-hmm. for for our architect. She really enjoyed that. Um, but it was, you know, when you're establishing something from scratch and you get to define it, it's exciting, but at the same time, it can be a bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so having some of those expertise from this partner were wonderful. It, it was really great because there were some areas we could say, I think that this is what we want to do, but I need to leverage your experience in this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the power that we found in having this consulting partner that came in to help us yeah. and contracted in to do some of the work. That's good. So you've got between the consulting partner, internal folks, how many folks do you have working on this project? It's more, it's a product, I guess. It's going to live it for is. a long time, right? So I hope that it 
this it's more for than many just, years more to than come. just a year long project but. absolutely so we have there's the two of us internally mm -hmm. we do have the manager our software manager on the diagnostic side okay. we have included him and our vp of it on the other side okay, so nice. it, he's my partner and we work like this yes yeah. I, I actually truly love having him as a partner mm -hmm. um so the two of them are involved so we're talking four four to five internal do you serve as like product owner or who's the i'm the product owner yeah who's the user experience uh you know yeah. avatar if you will yes i would i would be your product That's owner right. Good. yes so yeah, so that kind of takes me down another, you know, thinking about UX. Um, how are you, and I apologize if these are hard questions, but if they are, it's good for us, right? That's good. So It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's one good question that I haven't, I haven't asked stuck to you yet. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, so how, what kind of things do you do to validate your assumptions about the user experience? And so, you know, That's you kind of question. had a little bit of a marketing background, right? So you've thought you've spent a lot of time thinking about your users and stuff like that. So just curious, the reason, because I've run into myself feeling really close to that user. And then I was like, I was off by 30%. Yeah. Um, because I'm just, I'm a unique data point, not data, right? Right. So. Exactly. We did do some market research up front. Okay. And so there was that piece of it. But I mean, as with anything, you have to do A-B testing. Yeah. So you can assume what's going to work based on the conversations that you've had, or if you hold a round table and 10 people give you their opinion, that's 10 people's opinions, right? right? So yes, it's varied and you're going to have a, you know, different ways to look at it, but you don't know what works until you put it into the market and you try to put it in front of millions of people instead of yeah, 10. That's right. How's that going now? You've got the e-commerce commerce up. Um, are you getting good feedback from those, from those experiences? We do. Support and problems and opinions and stuff like that. Is that, is we that do. Important? We have isolated, we've had some challenges, mm -hmm. you know, it's as with anything, you're going to face challenges and you isolate where you think that you've got the most phenomenal requirement. You know, our requirement was 75 pages long and you look at that and pat yourself on the back and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, it's beautiful. Right. But at the end of the day, you execute on that, there's still going to be a gap and mm -hmm. there should be, you can't know everything. Right. So I think the sidewalk, you paint it this way and then somebody <laughs> exactly. just walks across. They walk this way, exactly. And I think it was mainly customer services where we found a lot of the areas that we had to improve. Okay. And it was, how do they use the system? So we designed, in addition to the patient portal, we designed an admin portal on the back and okay. it's robust. It has a dashboard that we can track sales and we can run reports. Uh, beautiful. I love it. It's like, makes my heart sing every time I look at it. I, Check it every morning, like it's my, it's my happy place. Um, but with that, it's who else is going to use that, right? Mm -hmm. And we knew that it needed to evolve. We knew that it needed to grow and we needed to build it out further. When we start to look at these pieces, it's how far do you take that build, Yeah. right? So do we build the CRM into the admin portal or do we integrate it with a CRM? Do we build marketing pieces into it or do we integrate it with marketing tools? Mm -hmm. And it becomes difficult because or as do you, you just manually enter, or do you just, oh God. just write it on the whiteboard, <laughs> put it in an Excel sheet. <laughs> so you already took two steps. I wouldn't have taken it. Are you sure it's not just Excel? Oh God. <laughs> I talk to my team. The, the bad words in my team are pivot table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It thinks, it's so many people live by the pivot table and I get it. It can be helpful. And we're talking about a manual process as we transition right now, mm -hmm. a certain piece of the technology. And it's like, it makes me cringe, but it's necessary. You see, have you heard that joke where should I spend 
you know, six minutes entering this manually, or should I spend six days failing to automate this? So right? True. I mean, like it's how so many true. times have we done, even just building a pivot table, like, I could have written this down on paper like a thousand times by now. Exactly. Anyway. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> sometimes the smartest, I guess, you know, the punchline or the moral of that story is sometimes the smartest software investment you make is making no software. Yes. Right? We tend to build because we can. Um, that's an easy trap to fall into, especially when you're just, you're, you're, you spend your days with smart people who have all of these tools, right? Everything's right. a nail, right? Yes. So like, oh yeah, we'll write this, we'll do that. It's true. Everybody has a tool. I, we had a conversation on my way over here mm -hmm. and we're talking about warehouse management systems mm -hmm. versus an inventory management system, mm. right? So there's just these little nuances and it all of a sudden it becomes a WMS because you need to track 10 more things than you no, did in, in that. Fields or something, right? Exactly. And then it's so much more money and more licensing. And our lead developer brought up a great point. He was like, I'm really confused why we can't just do this in Excel for right now and get this off. Yeah. Like, let's just do it. Let's get it live. And no one- I like him already. Exactly. <laughs> and it was, I said, I'm 100% aligned. You're right, let's do it. We have to have our own way sometimes. Yeah. I have a strong bias for whoever says we don't need to do that. Yeah. And that's weird. I'm not very technical. So like I also am close enough to product to know that sometimes that voice is the one who's being lazy and taking shortcuts and, and building kind of a mess. True. Right. And to being able to discern the person who's thinking, uh, who's forward thinking um, and making sure that you don't create that for yourself in the future versus the person who's just automating something because they can yeah or you know integrating something because they can and it really just it does it's it's not worth the effort right i agree so that's a tricky balance there and i think maybe some of the most important decisions that are made in software it is i find myself fortunate that i have logical people that will they'll tell me to dial back and then yeah. when i tell them to dial back they listen yeah. and so we all keep each other in check yeah. And it, it's a good working pattern, but we all do it at some point where it's like, we could think of what we could build and it would be so great. Everybody's a visionary. Everybody's <laughs> a visionary. It, we ran into this with a CRM tool mm -hmm. and it was, so for our side, think about all of these tools that are out there for CRMs, but they won't sign a BAA and they're not HIPAA compliant. Mm -hmm. Well, I oh, can't yeah. put any information in there, right? Yeah. Automatically right. is off the table for me. And so I was sitting there thinking, do I build this into the portal while the project is in flight? Mm -hmm. I was like, that just does not make sense for me. Mm -hmm. And so I pivoted and I found a tool and there was one that existed in a system that we were already integrated with and already using nice. for an additional like $10 a month. Yeah. And it's, if I hadn't questioned myself and if I hadn't pushed us to that point or, and I hadn't yeah, had this conversation, another half a million dollars down the drain or whatever. 100%. Right? Yeah. It would have been additional bill that we would have put into that. Now, don't get me wrong. The admin portal is set up to, have a beautiful yeah. CRM. But so what, who uses that portal? So the Gravity the, team uses it. Okay, so that's really internal to your organization. It is. Do you envision um, other channel marketers or partners of any sort? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So right now what we're focused Am on. Am I like digging into like proprietary insider info or anything? No, oh, okay. no, I think you're good. I, okay. The way that we're trying to set up now is to have our partners, anyone that we would partner with or anyone that would choose to go down a B2B relationship with yep. us, right? They would have access to the admin portal. Now they would have access to a limited portion of that. Sure. So anything that's specific to their accounts and everything would be 
de-identified. So nothing would be patient level for them to see unless an individual would consent to that. So we have to be very, very careful with that. Okay. Um, but outside of that, those would be our main use cases. For yeah, us. that sheds a little light on your your energy about the admin portal. You know, that yeah. being part of your vision makes a lot of sense because that could be an opportunity to multiply your your customer base, right? Exactly. Yeah. And part of what we run into is everybody wants reporting and mm -hmm. they want enhanced reporting and they have thoughts of how you could customize a report. And I've done it to mm -hmm. vendor partners that we've got. You know, wouldn't it be great if I could have this field on here too? Mm -hmm. Well, I can send that to you in an Excel export. Right. Nice. And it's that works for me. Send it to me. Like then I at least I get the report. You know what you know what I just realized? I still have a report that hits my inbox every Friday. Yeah, with two your, of them. With your name. Yeah, there's two of them because it hits my inbox too. That's, it. That's fun. <laughs> Thanks for that, by the way. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. It's, it's still useful. <laughs> every Friday I get I'm like, oh he's doing good. <laughs> yeah. So we'll do it. We'll do a, a conversation about my business another time. <laughs> I, I'm I'm very curious where you're headed with it. Yeah, I mean the big thing is we we're focused on helping customers build the teams they need to build cool product. That's it. I, mean, right. I, I find the talent that you can build the team so you can build cool talent. Found my lane. I'm loving it. I'm I'm kind of staying there. Yeah. yeah that's how I'm going to spend 2023. That's a good place to be. Yeah, I like it. I like the I like the people part of the yeah. tech business. So that's kind of my space. That's good. That's very good. It's yeah. 2023 is, it's going to be a big year. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, I saw somebody today said something. I'm just going to repeat something I saw on the internet, I guess, but he articulated it well. Um, and it was, you know, it began as one of these, these long posts about, okay, here's what, you know, breakdown of how this economy is going to work, whatever. And it said something to the effect of here's the, what the talent market's going to look like in 2023. And then you expand and it just said, it's still going to be really hard to find talent. That's the truth. <laughs> it's still, it is. And uh, it's unfortunate all these layoffs are hard. It creates a lot of transition, but most of those folks are going to be employed in, in days and weeks, right? Not yeah. months. They're not going to sit around. So no, they won't. It's still going to be a really hard year to find. It's, it's going to be a hard decade. For them, it's, they can pivot quickly and they can go find something. On the flip side of that, someone that's in my position that will be looking yeah. for developers. I'm in a harder position, right? Yeah. So yes, there's going to be more to pull from, but the, the cost is there too. That's right. And it's that's got, the wages have gone way up in the last couple of years. Up. It's crazy. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, when you're looking at contracts or trying mm -hmm. to do something with a third party agency that comes mm -hmm. in, the hourly rate that you're going to find is going to be just as big. Yeah. So is. how do you pay for that skill set? Do you pay for it for painfully? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You take That's it. Why you have to be very precise and you have to know exactly what you need to get out of your effort. Um, and you need to, that's why, that's kind of why I said the most important software you build is the, is the software you don't build. Right. It's true. Um, because you can't afford to build stuff that you throw away. Any, I mean, that's, that's how the software industry, I mean, I wonder how much, how many lines of code have been written and thrown away and never used, right? Um, you know, as a ratio of lines of code that have been deployed and used. Um, I, and I would I say it's, it's a high money. percentage, right? Yeah. Um, and and I, I hope as an industry, we're getting better at that. Um, yeah. As a vertical in general, but um, the organizations who are best at that are the ones who are going to win because you, you can't fight the war on talent. That's you a, can't. kind of a dumb idea anyway. Yeah. What is it? Who are you warring with? This is weird to me. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I would second that. Who are you worrying with? You're not worrying with anybody. No. This is what it costs now to get this stuff done. So can we not do more of it than we actually need to do? That's how you win. Right. Don't build stuff you don't need to build. No. That's so expensive. Right. Or don't so, white label something. You don't need to white label. 
<laughs> I feel like we've all been there at least one time or two. Let me ask you about uh, gravity. Okay, so sure. like gravity, um, the, the world suffering from COVID and shutdowns and do I have this or do I not have this? You know, am I infected? Am I not? Blah, 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 right? Um, and gravity benefited from that. And it's, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate that um, these are the circumstances, but there are such things as surgeons and divorce lawyers and, and, uh, and gravity, right? Like right. people's pain and those problems you were able to address. And that's really cool that you were right in time as an yes. organization. Um, so the question in my mind is, how did you pivot and how, how is the pivot going, right? I think it's a very Because the demand, the volume is obviously very different now than it was. Very in, different. Ago, so. There are, and I think you'll see this over the course of the next one to three years, there's mm -hmm. a lot of organizations that have not planned for the pivot. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to hit them a lot harder. And I think one of the benefits that Gravity had is they were a toxicology lab before COVID hit. Sure. So everything that they were focused on before that, it was not COVID. It was not a primary focus on infectious disease. And so they, you know, there was this base and this cornerstone that they can build on. Um, we've got a phenomenal sales team okay. and they are very focused and they're very good at what they do in the space that they're in. Nice. Um, the pivot is, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. And I think that anybody that tells you that it is easy and that it's a piece of cake and we're just going to go into this, they're lying. Right right? To make you feel better about it. It's a challenge and it's a hill that you have to climb. Um, I find myself incredibly fortunate that I'm at an organization like Gravity because they acknowledge the challenge head on. We are mm -hmm. eyes wide open. We sit down as a leadership team and a senior leadership team. And that means the CEO sitting down at the table with us telling us, here's what this looks like for the next. Julie Brazil is our COO. And then no. Tony Remington's our CEO. Maybe it's Julie. Uh, Pro Julie's part of the chamber down uh, in northern kentucky i could be confusing but... <laughs> i'm not great with names <laughs> we've got we have a lot of people that are out in the organization too that attend a lot of different things so you may have met someone as part of our senior staff mm -hmm. uh, tony and julie are they're very passionate about where we take this next yeah. um, they're very plugged in so we're a company of 400 just over 400 mm -hmm. and that doesn't feel big but it feels big when they were a company of 30 prior to that yeah the pace of growth is it's massive huge. So yeah. obviously that drives you, that, that pulls up, that creates a lot of momentum pulling you kind of towards solving this COVID problem, which is not the same problem it was a few years ago, right? So, right. And you have to be very intentional now with those resources. So, mm -hmm. you know, before it was massive teams. And I can remember in the height of COVID, I was standing next to our CEO in the drive-through working. Like mm -hmm. that is who Gravity is. Wow. That's what we do. When we build our first app that we rolled out to automate the process going through the drive-through, mm -hmm. I rolled it out. Oh, My wow. team and I went down and we were in the drive-through and our gear. Yeah. What an experience, huh? Incredible experience to just be part of that and to, to truly be helping people. Um, and I think that's one of the benefits that Gravity has is their focus has always been on the individual that we're testing. Yeah. Right. And that's when we were building technology, we're building for that. So when I'm talking before about the multi-factor authentication and it sounds fancy and all this thing, but the main focus that we always have is how do we protect those individuals, yeah. right? They're coming to us because they trust us. Organizations have partnered with us because they trust us. And we have a huge responsibility to maintain that as yeah, we go that, forward. That patient being the center of what you do. Absolutely. Definitely creates some energy in, in the day-to-day -day life, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've worked in healthcare before and I understand how you know, it's one thing I've also spent time working in, you know, investments and whatever else. And it's like when it's you're trying to help this rich guy, it's just not quite the same as it is when you're focused on helping somebody 
you know, face a, a life-threatening or serious right. ailment, right? So yeah, yeah, that's good that you guys are uh, tied into that. And it's good that you are as a tech leader, right? Right. Like, tied right into that patient experience and yes. to the point of like running the operation, right? Running well, that patient-facing operation. Exactly. And that's what I told my team was, how can I expect you to go out and train people? Or how can I expect them to understand the technology that we're asking them to use and teach people to use if I'm not willing to go out there and do it with you? Yeah. The closer you get, the better. Just Absolutely. in just about everything. Yeah. And you have to understand, like, if somebody asks you a question and the challenges that they're facing when they're trying to download the app or create their account, getting that second hand is never going to be the same as talking directly to that person and seeing the frustration and understanding yeah. it and talking through that with them. It changes it. And then look at us now having a conversation in the same room. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. The world has changed. And that's good. You're aggressively facing the reality of that change, given the capabilities you've built and right. you're trying to deploy them, working on deploying them in ways that are still useful and impacting that patient today. Yes. That's really cool. And, and I know that's a challenge. I've been in, I've been in the staffing industry where, you know, I was, I think I was a staffing rep during the great recession when I want to say 80% of my payroll, I had a bunch of contractors on billing as a, in a, a consulting capacity and like 80% of them were laid off in the span of a couple of months, two, two, three months. And so, wow, I had to take a breath. You know, I was lucky I wasn't afraid. And I, right. I think because I was cheap, maybe <laughs> I got to stick around. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, that was the beginning of a kind of a change in my career. And right. sometimes those challenging transitions or pivots um, uh, define you. You know what I mean? When you stick it through, you, know, you stick it out and you kind of see it through. Um, that can be a, a defining moment in a career and in the history of an organization. And I can think of a few. I won't bore you with the you know, business one-on-one or whatever, but you, we, we know organizations we know that, that, that yeah. transition where they were disrupted and you know, they were almost shut down and then they changed and then here they are, right? Yeah. And I think that so the, the word disruption is exactly where it was, right? We went through this phase where it was all about the disruptive technologies and disrupting the, the right. norm and all right. of that. And I think we've now crossed that line into transformation. Yeah, because it's really just one incremental change, right? Like, yeah. I, you know, I disrupted the staffing industry two years ago. No, I didn't really. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it was fun to talk about. Right. But the reality is there was there was some transformation. There was right. there was incremental moves, and there still are. Right. And we're still doing some things. And every disruption you see was 10 years in the making. Exactly. Right? So, uh, and every I, disruption leads, it is transformation. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. We're, we're trying to take the next step and push us all yeah. into that next phase. Yeah, it would be cool if you could just, anyway, yeah, sometimes something just changes every day, but usually it's not the case, right? You're you're right. facing what's there today, making a decision, and then you pivot. Yeah. We've talked about your team. We've talked about the product you're building. Right. We've talked about gravity and where gravity is going, and, and it's gravity diagnostics, and what's the, the new entity is. So we have gravity diagnostics, mm -hmm. and we have gravity plus. Gravity plus, yeah. Yeah. And I think they're going to maintain those names and how we operate, but as a team, so as a leadership team, we're, we've always been one. We'll okay. always be one. Okay. Uh, and that's how we you're approach it. Really the right. So Mike and I, and Mike is the VP of IT on the other side of it. Okay. He and I technically operate independently, mm -hmm. but we're in lockstep every step of the way. Right. And I think as technology leaders, you have to, there's organizations that have a CIO and a CTO, right? right? They always have to be in lockstep because if you're not, then you're going in divergent directions and your company's going to fail. Right. So it, I think that 
I'm fortunate that I have someone that I trust. I mm -hmm. hope, you know, that he would say the same thing about me. Mm -hmm. um, but we've been able to build something together that we can be really proud of. And then we can take this and say, I'm going to go build this and you're going to build this. And this is how we're going to bring it back together. Yeah. So the question is, you went from 30 people to 400. Um, an organization that hires 370 people in a year is not that outrageous like Walmart or Amazon. Right. Right. Um, but when you go from 30 to 400, that's crazy. Uh, it you're is. You're not even close to the organization you were. You got a couple of the same leaders. Right. Maybe some similar mission and some continuity of your direction and your ideals. But in terms of personality it's and culture, it's a completely different set of yeah. people. You're leading things you weren't leading two years ago, right? It's true. Um, so how's that? What happened? How has that um, affected things? And then how, where do you see it going? So I will say we have the same set of core leaders that were always there. Okay, do you? And so our co-founders are the CEO and the COO. Okay. They've been there from the start. They've been through this. Our chief science officer, VP of R&D, and he wears many hats. He's our okay. lab director. He's been there from the start, and he actually was the one that prompted us to, to test for COVID. Nice. Okay. Um, majority of that C-suite that we have that spans today mm -hmm. was there from the start of this. Okay. Um, and I think that that gives us legs, right? Mm -hmm. They they've been through it and they've been through it together, right? And so and I that think probably shapes the continuity. It does. Of your your kind of like mission and vision. It does, mm -hmm. and it builds that trust amongst them, and then that filters down. Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't mean that you never question, but I think I have been able to challenge up, mm -hmm. and it's because they build this culture of trust where you can challenge up. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started, I worked for my. Okay. Um, and I would, he saw something in me and he really mentored me into a position where when Gravity Plus pivoted off, he and I had a conversation. Like I'm very loyal to Mike. Mm -hmm. uh, he has benefited my career and, and I will always be grateful for that. But I think that's the culture that Gravity has allowed us to have is that you put these people in positions to where when this individual becomes someone that can become your peer or works with you. Yeah you celebrate it yeah and it's such a cool thing to watch happen and i sat down with mike and i was like i don't want you to be mad i really do want to explore this and there was never was like this is awesome let's mm -hmm. do this mm -hmm. you know and I, I think that's the great thing that they have created there you know i yeah. was able to take someone from that team and move them over here and we're able to do the same thing and so we celebrate everybody's wins you know one of the things i measure myself by <clears throat> as a leader is the number of people that I've kind of um, mentored or, or developed as leaders that I would feel comfortable working for. Yeah. Um, and there's a handful. I, would, I don't think there's a ton. Um, there's yeah. a handful that, I, that I've mentored and helped develop and I've led that I, you know, at some point I want to slow down or I want to go back to doing this or that or do something different um, that I would be. And, there's a couple of people for whom that's actually happened. We've gone back and forth and we've had different business relationships Yeah, back and forth. And there's a kind of a, a mutual respect in terms of kind of leadership and capability. And um, so that's, I think, so the story you're telling about what you're experiencing gravity kind of um, brings that value to mind. Yeah. The idea of building leaders that you're comfortable kind of seeing rise up to your level and even, even higher if needed and, or whatever. And, yeah, sore. And whatever, whatever your circumstances, whatever the need is, right? Right. Uh, 
Yeah, I can think of a few people that I would, a couple of leaders that I that have reported to me that I would be happy to report to at some point in the future. Everybody would love to never report to anybody, but maybe, no, maybe I would maybe, love to never report to anybody. I, right. <laughs> Did I say everybody? Like, maybe, maybe I'm not <laughs> <laughs> But And I, I view that as well as, yeah, I, I would work for Emily someday if it ever came around yeah. to that. I respect her. I respect the way she thinks about things. And there are sometimes in meetings that I just take a step back and I won't say anything yeah. because her opinion is valuable. Mm-hmm. And what she's going to do for us may potentially be better than what the commentary that I would provide is. Yeah. And if you're not confident in building those teams and you don't you know, have enough confidence in yourself to step back and say, look at this person, go, this is amazing. Yeah. Then there's something wrong. Maybe there's something broken and gravity allows us to, to do that. There's been a lot of promotions mm-hmm. and a lot of moves up that ladder very quickly. And I think when you're in a pandemic, that happens, right? Yeah. You are moving so fast through things that you start to identify people that have strengths in different areas because they have to. Yeah, it reminds me of that exercise you go through, like um, somebody played this out in uh, a work decision we were making recently where, okay, if that decision had to be made now, or if it had, if, if it had to be complete by Friday, what would you cut out? Right. right? And that exercise is healthy, I think, because it, it forces you to stack rank things. It does. Right? And so the same is true for people. Like if you need somebody to step up and do this now, who would it be? Right. And then you can't just forget and let them linger in a position where they're underutilized, right? right. Like as a leader, it forces you to think who could be more, right? Right. And I've, I've suffered before from letting good talent linger in a, in a job that wasn't as challenging as it could be or, yeah. or wasn't as fulfilling as it could be for somebody. And then I've seen them leave, right? Right. Um, those are hard lessons. Yeah. We had a <laughs> I, fortunately, I haven't learned that a lot. I learned a little bit. You learned from it. We had a conversation as a leadership team about, you know, when people leave, how do you handle that? We just got survey results back, right? So you're mm. going through how do people like employee feel? Employee engagement stuff? Employee okay. engagement. How yeah. do people feel? How are, what is the overall engagement versus disengagement? How do we fix where our gaps are? And I said, I should be mentoring, encouraging, training people and building them up to where they can leave at any mm. point in time, but they don't want to. Right. Right. And that's, but when they do leave, they should leave on a positive note and they should be going to something that's huge and better. And then at some point that could turn into a partnership with our organization. Yeah. And if we approach it that way, then you're sending people out into the other work, into the workforce, into other organizations that are going to benefit the True. overall you know, tech community is what we're building into. And that's how I always approach it is, I'm not gonna keep Emily forever. If mm-hmm. I could work with Emily forever, whether it be like she and I are partners and we do this, I would keep her forever. Mm-hmm. She's phenomenal. Realistically. But I can't. Right? 30 years from now. Exactly, right. I can't. She's gonna soar and she should, and I should be excited for her. And when she goes and she gets that next role, I can look at her and be like, that's amazing. That was part of our journey together. And look at you and look at what you're doing. What can we do together? Let's figure this out on the flip side of that. And I think that's where, you know, we lose sight sometimes of them leaving is just, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Sometimes losing people is a good thing. That's what they, if they have to go elsewhere to to, to take that next step. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I've suffered uh, before from growing good people is that, now I now I gotta pay them more. It's <laughs> true. It's true. <laughs> they're, now they're this good. <laughs> right. You know, I will tell you, my husband always says to me, he's like, remember what you're worth when yeah. you go into this conversation. Right? And yeah. it's 
I'm so willing to do things because I believe in the mission. I believe in the work. I believe mm -hmm. in the technology. And I, I admittedly, I lose sight of the dollar. Right. It's not what drives me. Yeah, you better believe though in the staffing world. I, I remind people of that. Yes. Um, Cause sometimes they'll hint to me that it's kind of a, it's kind of a factor for them and people are almost ashamed to say that I want to get paid what I'm worth, yep. particularly tech people who tend to be a little bit more uh, meek. And I don't know if that's fair, but, um, I, I, I find less egos in, in uh, technical experts, to be honest, yeah. than in like the sales and recruiting people that I work amongst. They will always um, tell you what they're worth at times <laughs> that's too. Right. That's right. <laughs> so in the, uh, more modest, uh, populations, they know. They hint, but they're usually kind of quiet about it. And I'd say, look, there's no shame in that. Yeah. You're doing yourself and your family. And if it's, it seems to help when I remind them that you're doing your family a disservice when you have not found what the market will pay for you. It doesn't mean you have to take it. You can balance all the values of right. things, but it does make sense to figure it out. It does. I, you know, my husband said a very, very good thing to me. And he was like, you have, we have a 15 year old daughter. Okay. And she's getting her, she's in high school. She's going to go into college and she's, observant she's mm -hmm. watching things and he said so you come back and you're willing to take less mm -hmm. what would you say to her right that's right I'm like, that's good perspective well i he's like <laughs> you would be all over her yeah and say so why wouldn't you do the same thing to yourself and so then i have to flip that around and say okay when someone comes to me and they say listen here based on my job title in the industry here's what the new minimum is mm -hmm. i have to take that into consideration because they've had the guts and the confidence to come in and say, here's what I've done. Here's what the industry's paying. I've always kind of liked the guideline that you, you pay people as much as you can afford to. Mm -hmm. And that way, whenever you, you say no, you're, you're, you're doing it because you really can't. I just can't. Right. And, and, and maybe that means they're better off elsewhere and that's okay for them and for you. Right. Um, but anyway, it is what it is. It I don't is. Know how we got down that rabbit hole. <laughs> it happens. Well, and, you know, if you're looking at bringing in contractors and bringing in third parties and you're looking at that price tag, yeah, it's hard. And when you know what your limitations and your guardrails are, mm -hmm. and you're looking at how do I operate within this, yeah. it, it's do I bring that person on full time or do I go with a full team for the same cost? It would be fun to be a documentary where you're just building great things and the money never matters, but you're right. not. Right? <laughs> We're not. Oh. We're not just a documentary. Right. <laughs> Some story of stuff. I would love built. it. Generally speaking, it's being built because there's a financial interest somewhere. That's true. Right? I have a drawer in my desk that is full of note cards. So no. I, I live and die by note cards. I love them. And that is where my thoughts land. Mm -hmm. Note cards and the fronts of envelopes. And they all go in there. And I someday, to your point, wouldn't it be wonderful if somebody just wanted to fund it? Yeah. They want to fund my drawer. <laughs> I can just go build I'll really cool stuff. I'll tell you from my stuff. experience, that's going to be funded by you. You and your exactly. Family. My family and I are going to fund the drawer. Right. Exactly. And someday it may turn into something. What else did, did we, uh, anything else we didn't hit? I don't know. I don't think so. I think we, we hit the tech stack. We hit, do you want to know anything else about the technology? Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, I am curious because you said it was like, a, you have kind of had the open, you know, open field, right? Uh, so what did you, what'd you choose to build so, and, and why? So the, the very first yeah, yeah. requirements, I think it's a great question. The, the very first requirements that were handed to me were from someone that's very marketing focused. Mm -hmm. And so the requirements were a WordPress website okay. that like, that's where we were going. And I, I pushed 
the boundaries a bit there. You know, we built this native application in Azure. Mm -hmm. It's secure. It's built in this amazing framework. Mm -hmm. It requires a bit more work. And I think that's in the tech world. Sometimes we steer to like, look at my cool stuff and what it does. Um, but we never communicate to the business side that there's an additional couple of days that would require changes for mm -hmm. the way it looks, the way it runs, the way it feels. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and we learned that the mm -hmm. hard way. So we built this application. It was not WordPress, which they're used to having market folks go in and they can just change a picture, change mm -hmm. something real quick. And that's a hard, that's a hard jump mm -hmm. to me. Um, and so that's why we had to pivot to do that and make those changes. Uh, but when we look at what we're positioned to do mm -hmm. and where we can take this technology, it's kind of incredible, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of the things that we're seeing Azure do right now and modifications they're making on the back end of the security is stuff that we have in place. Mm -hmm. So how cool is that to be yeah. positioned to where like we're thinking about it already? Mm -hmm. it, and I attribute a lot of that to the Cumulus. You know, I can't take credit for that. It's They had a lot of forward thinking. That's how I feel about taking credit for like my wife, I, I remind myself, well, I chose her. So, right. I so I'm the right. winner. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, and no, you get to take credit I for that. I get to take a little credit. I but mean, then... you were part of vetting and choosing and collaborating with those partners. So exactly. You credit, you know? Exactly. And that's what we've put together is really incredible. And the way we've positioned ourselves for the future, I feel is really incredible. Yeah. So we look at, you know, like what's next and where do we go with this? When we start talking about predictive medicine and how we can help you understand the future of your healthcare mm. and some of the stuff that we're going to be doing in the next year is kind of incredible. Is there any uh, big secrets to be revealed that, big that, that, that we can break here first on the Being Built podcast? We may have to wait until Q1 to come back and do a, a follow-up. A revisit? A revisit. Okay. Um, but I would say stay tuned for what we have for Q1. Okay. There's going to be some new things hitting. The second half of the year is going to be very exciting for gravity. Wow. Okay. Very exciting. Um, but I would say from a. Now so, I have multiple so, reasons to be excited about the winter ending. Exactly. Right? See, it's, <laughs> we, there's so much ahead of us. Uh, from, from our perspective of when we're looking at where we go forward, gravity plus has so much ahead of them mm -hmm. on the kit side of this. But I think that data is going to be king for us. Yeah. What we do with that, who we partner with, how we approach it. And how we do things for people with data mm. is it, going to be a huge driver for us in the future. Mm. Um, everybody has data it's right the now. Gold, right? It's the new gold. Mm -hmm. And no one, I don't want to say no one, very few are using it to benefit the individual. Mm. A lot of it is used to benefit the payer, right? A lot mm. of it's benefits the hospital, the provider. And uh, we're fortunate to be in an organization that is very indi individual focused. And so if we can take that and shift it back to how we help the person, then I think that we're doing something that is meaningful, but it's going to be powerful for us in the future. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that follow-up conversation. I am as well. End of the first quarter. End of the first quarter. Hopefully you can let all the secrets out of the thing. That's right. Exactly. Okay, cool. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you for being my guest. Thanks for listening to Being Built. Thanks for listening to Being Built. I'm Aaron Davis, your host and the founder of Reckless Tech. Contact us to find the talent that you need to build a winning team.